Hi, I'm Hannah Bailey. And I'm Tefera Jemian. Welcome to Yeah, a show where we talk about young adult lit and what it can teach us at any age. This is our book club, and you're invited. Yeah! yeah! So this week, we are talking about The Astonishing Color of After by Emily XR Pan. Um, This, we we wanted to read this anyway, and then it was also given to us as an Indiegogo request Mm -hmm. by our friend Alyssa Rossellini. So the uh, Indiegogo request books are from people who donated to the Upfront Network's um, campaign to build a sound booth, which is finished now. We raised our goal and we are mm-hmm. building a sound booth. Actually, today we saw the first photos of the uh, like mini sample thing that's being built. So, so it's getting built. Yeah, it's all very exciting. Anyway, um, so today Alyssa Rossellini uh, gave us this book to read, and also Brendan Kylie mentioned it in mm-hmm. in our interview a couple of weeks ago, yes. and it's kind of just been a confluence of people being like, "Read this book," mm-hmm. and from good sources too, because Alyssa yeah. is a uh, high school librarian. Yes, uh, so yeah. she she knows what's up in yeah. YA right now. Yeah, um, and thank you, Alyssa. Thank you, Alyssa. Um, so yeah, I mean, we read this book <laughs> this week. Uh, and both really loved it. It's um, it's a novel about uh, Lee Chen Sanders, who's um, has just lost her mother uh, to suicide, and um, it's just about the the f- first few months after that, um, coping with grief, learning things about family, learning things about friendship and about love. Um, it's a fun book. I mean, fun is it's, yeah. it's sad, <laughs> but it's uh, it's cool because it's also magical realism. Mm-hmm. And I cannot remember the last time I read a YA book that's like very thoroughly a YA novel and also very thoroughly magical realism. It's not a common; those two genres aren't ones that are commonly put together. Yeah, the um, the only one I thought of are the Wheatsy Bat books by Francesca Leah Block. Which are weird and problematic <laughs> in many, many ways. Although they're also very good and they have a mm-hmm. special place in my heart because they were some of the first books I read about like queerness. But cool. Um, anyway, uh, Astonishing Color of After is, yeah, is magical realism in a very cool way. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it's beautiful. I think it might actually be the first, like, magical realism novel I have really read, like, just at all. What was that like for you? It was kind... It was it was beautiful. I really enjoyed it, but it was, like, kind of wild. I, like, didn't... I don't think I was expecting it to, like, go that direction. Okay. Yeah, it was, it was very... Like, when it started getting really magical realism like really magical I was like oh okay this is like this is interesting this wasn't like I was expecting it to be a realistic book I did I did know like because on the inside jacket they say like her mother literally turns into a bird but I think I was like okay her mother doesn't literally turn into a bird (laughs) or like yeah like yeah I was expecting it to be different than that 
Um, yeah, I know when I started reading it, I thought mm-hmm. like, okay, either this is magical realism and that's going to be fun, or this book is like a devastating book about generational mental illness. Yeah. <laughs> um, Thankfully, it was not that devastating. Yeah. It was pretty, it's pretty devastating. Yeah. But, um, yeah. but it's also beautiful and like tender yeah. and yeah, yeah, we really liked it. I think we wanted to put a a bit more of a spoiler warning on this episode than we typically do um because like you should really read it read it first and then come back and listen to this episode we're not usually gonna tell you don't listen to our episode (laughs) (laughs) because we like those good hits yeah but um yeah, I mean, we always we always do this. Spoiler alert: mm-hmm. we're we're talking about this book. Ha- having read it, we are going to talk about mm-hmm. the details of it. But this one, like Bitter Blue, which I think is the other book that we did this for, yes, um, this is a book that really, really benefits from being read with very little knowledge of it. Yes, absolutely. Um, also, a generalized uh, like trigger warning: we're going to be talking about suicide, depression, yeah, other other big triggers in this book. I'm tr- um, I think those are the big ones. Those are the big ones. I mean, if you I, a loss like, of a parent, this book is incredible, but like. I think comes with a a big trigger warning for anybody who has Mm -hmm. been suicidal or lost someone to suicide. Um, I found, I mean, like, I have a a history of suicidal ideation and it's been Mm -hmm. a long time, but I found some of the scenes even, like, difficult. Yeah. Um, It is unflinching. (laughs) Um, Yes. So, you know, know what what your boundaries are and... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's just it's a it's a very beautiful book. And so we we're we're doing something a little bit different than we usually do with this episode and then we're kind of well we're always like unscripted to a degree, but we kind of we're just like we just need to like talk about the book because usually I it is like quite easy for me to like sit down after I've read the book and like make notes on talking points. Yeah. Um and the, this time I like read it and I like opened up a a file on my computer and like wrote the title of the book and then like wrote some subheadings and then was like I don't know what like notes to write for this book yeah um I mean I think even part of that is just that that just conceptually it's quite different from a lot of the books we've read I think it's honestly like like one of my top books that we've done Um, yeah it's very, very good. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, it's beautiful and lush. Mm-hmm. And the the other thing that we were saying last night when we were kind of spitballing this yeah. episode was um, that, like, this is going to sound harsh against other books that we've read. And I don't like, <laughs> that's not what, that's not my intention because I have loved almost all of the other books that we have read for the mm-hmm. show so far. And they have been great and wonderful. Um, but I feel like this one differed from those ones in that it doesn't really have a thesis or like not a clear thesis yeah the way um the way a lot of the other books that we've read so far have had well why lit is often very topical yes. um and that's actually honestly one of the things i really like oh absolutely about it, is yeah, yeah. Like, this is a book about xyz mm-hmm. um and and this one is it, it is you can get there oh yeah but uh in a way it reads um, more like adult fiction to me. I, I than also like felt that fiction. way, um, with some exceptions. Like, oh yeah. like 
the love story still feels very honestly YA and I want to get into that because I love that story yes Um, absolutely but it it feels different it does um I think part of that is um I mean for me I think part of that was the magical realism because I'm not used to that just in general but especially not in YA um also I think I was I was thinking about it and then thinking back through other books like this this book has more discrete storylines than most YA books have yeah um like most most YA books at least the ones that we've read so far and like most of the ones that I've read have like one main storyline and like there might be like small subplots but they usually all feed into the main storyline in some ways whereas this one felt like there were more like not unrelated because they're all things that are happening to Lei. Is it Lei or Lee? I think it's Lee. Lee, okay. But I kept saying Lei. It's L-E-I-G-H if that's your name. <laughs> I feel like that can be pronounced multiple ways. I think maybe so. The... But I think then later in the book I think her grandmother uh, makes a comparison between her oh, name and Lee the, the yes, Mandarin word which, for strength which I think is Lee, not Lei. Yes, that makes sense. Also, she makes a comment to Axel about if he calls his girlfriend, whose name is Leanne Lee, yeah. and he's like, "No, of course not." So I think. So it's I Lee. think, yeah, it probably is. But Lee. I think you can pronounce Lee or Lay. I think that spelling. that name, yeah, that yeah. that spelling of that name. Anyways, um, yeah. So, like, they're all all these storylines are related to her, but they're yeah. all, but the, there are more sort of distinct plot threads than I feel like there typically are well i think that the thing that i really love about it uh Mm -hmm. is that through the whole book you feel as though you're going towards some synthesis yeah it feels as though it's a mystery that's going to be solved Mm -hmm. it's you know why is why is my mother here as a bird talking to me what is it that she wants me to learn yes where is the you know sort of a classic ghost story where it's a Mm -hmm. ghost is haunting you because yes this is also a ghost story um a ghost is haunting you because they need you to know something about them or they need you to tell part of their story. Mm-hmm. Um, and where this book ends up is, no, mm-hmm. this this ghost is following you just because she wants you to remember, mm-hmm. generally. She wants you yeah. to know things. Yeah. It's not about a lesson. It's not about, about a, a reason. Or a specific um, thing. Yeah. yeah, it's just because memory is good to have and Mm -hmm. because stories are good to tell yes um and that is really reflected I think in the way the book is written yeah yeah because there's the threads of other memories that sort of come through yeah uh as well yeah so yeah it's really I think it's interesting in that way also that it has it has less of a resolution than a lot of young adult books have um or less of like a like there's a resolution but it's less of a like satisfying concrete re- not yeah. that I'm not calling this book unsatisfying because I didn't find it that but it's yeah like you were saying like you you expect it to be different than it is it's mysterious but it's not a mystery novel yes um, yes yeah. yeah that's a good way yeah. of putting it I um I love how much in the novel is um shown but not told mm-hmm. so Lee has synesthesia Yes. As a form of synesthesia. Yes. She she has a color for mm-hmm. feelings, for people, for voices. Yeah. That's never addressed. 
No. It's just written as part of her experience. Yes. Um, which is very cool. Yeah, it's it's really cool. Yeah. It's really interesting. And you have that with with there are characters of color who are just they just they yeah, just they are, just are. <laughs> um, and queer, um, characters queer characters who just are. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that's all, all just really really natural and mm-hmm. uh, like organically integrated mm-hmm. into the story. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. um, she spends a good the bulk of the novel in Taiwan. Yes. And uh, one thing I, I just noticed, because mm-hmm. I think that if a white person had written this book, it would have been different. <laughs> yeah. Uh, is that when she's talking about the people that Lee encounters in Taiwan, mm-hmm. she does not specifically say, and this person was Chinese. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, very true. Which, yeah. yeah, you probably would have gotten more yeah, it's, from it's, a white author. You know, this man on the street wearing this approached me, not yeah. this man who was Chinese, because remember, we are in Taiwan. Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah. I didn't specifically notice that, but yes, now that I'm thinking back, yeah, it's very... Yeah, like the yeah. only the only time race is really addressed in in the scenes in Taiwan is mm-hmm. when Lee feels uncomfortable for being mixed race. Yes, and uh, and people are commenting on her looking American. Yeah, so it's very it's just a very complex book. Like I think we're we're trying to fight on this podcast against the idea that YA is simplistic. Yeah, <laughs> um, and yeah. and it's not, but it's th- this is one that is more complex than individual YA novels frequently are or complex in different ways maybe um Uh, yeah I mean it's just it's stylistically different and very much so there's something really exciting about finding a YA novel that's stylistically different yes yeah because you I mean in my experience having read thousands of YA books of different genres over the years Mm -hmm. There's still sort of the two formats. There's the novels like the ones we've read mostly that are narrative, um, Mm -hmm. you know, often have kind of a thesis. Yeah, narrative uh, realism. uh, And we've talked about the comfort of the genre. Yeah. Um, And then there's also books in verse are another big part of YA. Okay, yeah. And then there's kind of nothing really else. Yeah. For the most part. Yeah, no, I mean, I... I would have maybe done two slightly different categories right. than that, but I also have not read any YA books in verse. Okay. Um, yeah. I went through a phase of okay. reading like a bazillion YA books. I in mean, verse. I believe you. Um, <laughs> I would say like the two the two that I see in my mind like tropes of YA are like there's the like narrative um of like first person or like third person omniscient narrative mm-hmm. of somebody in high school. Um <laughs> living their life and having you know dealing with challenges and then there's the like sweeping sci-fi or fantasy YA novel yeah Um, yeah that's a good point and like those are the those are the two that I really see yeah yeah and this is just um not not either of those yeah yeah and it's great I mean also like like I don't know if you have if you know a teenager who read this book and loved this book Mm -hmm. you know give them some Isabella Allende like she's certainly Mm -hmm. still um age appropriate with a lot of her novels or Mm -hmm. um it's it's a neat i like this idea of opening up genres for ya readers yes absolutely um and i also really found that 
approaching it through magical realism, approaching a, I mean, the topic of suicide, which is, which mm-hmm. is just devastating, and yeah. the topic of losing a parent to suicide especially, mm-hmm. using magical realism as a way to explore that mm-hmm. really provides a way to explore the whole emotional landscape of grief mm-hmm. without it becoming um, too Maybe not intense because it is intense, but too yeah. exploitative almost. Yeah. Because um, we've talked a little bit about how sometimes YA novels that are about different forms of trauma mm-hmm. can end up feeling very exploitative. Yeah. Can end up being a little bit misery porn and like. Yes. Um, a little bit, oh, and this was so bad because it was so, so, so bad. Yeah. Like I would, like, I think you use the word too intense. Like this book is intense, but it's not yeah. misery. Yeah, exactly. And maybe maybe that's the difference is yeah, like it's 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 very sad and it's very powerful mm-hmm. and it's very intense but it's not mi- miserable is not a word I would use. And it's very beautiful. Yes. It's very beautiful. Mm-hmm. And it's very much about allowing emotions to be overwhelming. Mm-hmm. allowing emotions to be intense yes allowing emotions to I mean quite literally color your life in many ways mm-hmm. um, one of the the themes that I love in it is that um, Lee who is an artist yes has been we don't know for how long but despite uh, having synesthesia and seeing the world in color yes has only has been drawing only in black and white mm-hmm. and not using colors yes um and and that comes out of an anxiety that she won't use them correctly or she won't mm-hmm. do it right she feels the most comfortable in in black and white um, yeah and this kind of opening of this emotional floodgate and all these intense colors especially the red which comes back 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 yes gives her the opportunity really to to start bringing that into her art Mm -hmm. and um and it's a really beautiful I mean metaphor even feels like like it's hard to talk about metaphor and magical realism because so often the metaphor and and the experience are exactly the same yes Um, Um, but she is allowing her emotions to saturate her life yes in a way that she needs to Mm -hmm. in a family that has been keeping secrets and pushing things away and trying very hard to pretend that the hard things are not there you have Her father sending her away while her mother gets electroshock therapy mm-hmm. because he doesn't want her to see or experience that. Yeah. Um, and her mother never talking about a sister who died young because that's too hard. Yeah, Lee didn't even know she had uh, yeah, an aunt. An aunt. Um, and so um, there's... And, and Lee's mother not... Just not talking about her parents at all. Not, not explaining to Lee why there's a rift. Any of that. Yeah. And and then so this this whole book is just sort of a I mean it's hard to get away from from images because it's so yeah. visual it's so intensely visual mm-hmm. but I just get the sense with this book of having a black and white story that just gradually has more and more and more and more color yeah it gets saturate the pages through mm-hmm. through the whole experience and yeah um, you know it's something that's overwhelming and messy mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yes but beautiful yes yeah it's really beautiful i think i think the other thing about metaphor is like it's also hard to talk to them like like there are in some ways they're very clear but i think they're also very open-ended on purpose tell me more about that um 
now I'm trying now I have to figure out what I meant by that. Um, I mean, I think that there are some some ways in which it's very like like obvious. What some some like 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 the the color, um, yeah. like the thematically. But I think I don't know. I feel like like a lot of the the mysterious elements and things mm-hmm. are are kind of they feel like like they can be interpreted in different ways. Yes. Um yeah. and and that there's a lot of like flexibility of yeah. like how you there's just a lot of like richness mm-hmm. in the possibility for interpretation. Mm-hmm. Um I think is maybe what I mean. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. And that's um, like that's making me think that's so wonderful in a book that's so much about family stories. Yes. Because of course yeah. when you have a narrative that's told through different perspectives as something always is in a family. Mm-hmm. You know, I think about my own family. I have five siblings so every family story down to like who are my parents (laughs) comes from six different angles yeah um and that's just Mm -hmm. yeah yeah Yeah. I like that (laughs) yeah and I think I mean I think there, there are there are lots of ways that I think the book does that even just with like things that you that you were like I don't want to say surprise ending because that seems but like things that you think are interpreted one way and then change interpretation um like i really would love to get into the character of uh fang slash jingling because that's really that that (laughs) and that was already a huge spoiler fascinating (laughs) yes yeah yeah there's a character who's a who's a significant character Mm -hmm. narrative driving character through the whole book and um and at the end of the book, it turns out she was also a ghost. Yeah, she was just a ghost the whole time. And and it's just like, wait, what? Like- what? What? <laughs> a ghost who of of another significant character who you've been learning about. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah and so th- that's I think that's the biggest example of like, I don't know exactly what that means. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if it's supposed to mean one specific thing. Yeah. I mean, I don't. I don't thinks i i mean if you mean like what is it supposed to mean in terms of like what is emily pan trying to say with that yeah exactly i don't think like like you said this is a book that like kind of doesn't have solid theses yeah i don't think she's trying to say something i think it's just like well now i'm thinking you just read uh um for readers will forgive me for this. I'm going to go on a, on a small Madeline Lengel tangent, but you just read um, Swiftly Tilting Planet, right? Um, that is, I don't think I've or finished like, that one. Is okay. that the third one with the angels? Oh, that's the second one with the with the the, the 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 what's his name with all the wings and all the eyes? Yep, he's in the second one, not in the third one. Okay, there's that's, also a that's guardian. That's the one that I have finished. The other one I am not finished. Madeline Lengel has like angels a lot of the time yes. who come along for for you know important teaching purposes, and it's mm-hmm. kind of like yeah, it's like that. It's like okay, she was a ghost. Okay, mm-hmm. the other people weren't seeing her, but does that? mean she isn't real that doesn't mean she's not real Mm -hmm. that doesn't mean she's not a character you know she she is guiding lee Mm -hmm. and like i don't think it matters if she is representing something yeah Um, exactly yeah yeah i think she can be interpreted in lots of ways but Sorry, I just waved my hand furiously in the air because I got excited. Uh, Harry Potter, Dumbledore. I was, of course this is all in your head, Harry, but why on earth should that mean it isn't real? I was thinking of that yeah. quote last night. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that, that's exactly, that's that's so much of this book, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, is, yeah, you like, 
I mean, I think that that's what that's what I found really fascinating with the magical realism is I was like, how much of this is like actually happening? How much of this is like happening in Lee's head? Does that matter? Yeah. I don't think so. But yeah. like, very, very interesting. Yeah. Well, at, at first with the box that mm-hmm. appears on her lawn, that kind of kickstarts this whole journey. I was absolutely convinced that somebody sent it to her mm-hmm. and we were going to find out who sent it to her. OK, interesting. So I was like, I was like. Like, for a while, I was like, oh, her, like, nonverbal grandfather is going to be the one who's, like, doing all of this. Okay. Or, like, you know, it's, like, the mystery thing. I was like, okay, who done it? There's like- got to <laughs> be, uh, I mean, that's one of the things that's beautiful about this book is, um, and I think I was also in different ways searching for that, is you're searching for, like, the rational explanation behind the things that are happening. Yeah. And there's just not. Yeah. A rational explanation for a lot of the things that are happening. It's just um, ghost month. It's just, yeah, yeah, it's ghost month. Um, but I think if I were like much smarter, I would be able to make. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I would be able to make like a really good statement about like how that relates to grief, right? And um, I mean, I don't know if that would necessarily make you smarter. <laughs> <laughs> if I was more. <laughs> If, better at words if, i don't know if, if you're more like accustomed to the kind of bs that goes on in <laughs> literary circles <In> literary interpretation <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe maybe and we've just been um, conditioned to think that's smart anyways this is yeah. this is like i've got to say like like my ba in lit which i enjoyed very much <laughs> the main thing i learned and like then for the first two years, I was confused by this. And the second two years, I was like, oh, this is so much fun. It's like, if you can prove it, yeah. you, you can make the text about it. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, if you can find, like, three to six supporting points in the text, you can you can make any theory about any piece of literature and you can get away with it. So, so try it. Let's see. <laughs> Oh man, um, writing a verbal essay on yeah, the spot. Yeah, I yeah, did not realize that I was going to have to do this let's in this do it. episode. We can do okay. it together. That that's better. <laughs> so our, our thesis is that what um were we saying? well we I was I was trying to make some sort of a vague claim about the 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 fact that you're trying to find like a rational explanation mm-hmm. for things and there's just not one and relates an- relates somehow to the experience of grief. Oh, absolutely! I don't um, think this is even a hard going to be a hard point to make. <laughs> yeah. No. Um. Yeah. 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 Go like for a, it. Well, yeah. I think it's just like it's a it's a really beautiful way to kind of show. Um, I mean, like, I have not experienced the kind of grief that Lee is experiencing, but I have, of course, experienced loss. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like you're trying to trying to make sense of things and, like, make sense of, like, a new reality. Yeah. And um, and it just doesn't. Yeah. You want there to be a reason. Mm-hmm. And I think especially with losing somebody to suicide. Yes. Which I, I have been amazingly fortunate enough not to lose anyone to suicide Mm -hmm. so I I haven't experienced that grief personally but I think it's even something that Emily Penn talks about in her author's note she does yeah about how when you lose someone to suicide not just you but everybody wants to find a reason right like we see this with with um some of the prominent celebrity suicides in the past year Mm -hmm. people want to say like we're going to be able to point to something in their life Mm-hmm. And and it seems that way in this novel. You feel as though it's and se- at least at several points in it, I mm-hmm. felt like, okay, now we're gonna find out why. 
now we're gonna find out why yeah now we're gonna find out why yeah it's Um, true um i was actually thinking about it in a different context but i think both work is that um also the wanting to i i think this is related but wanting like the people close to the person who died wanting to blame them wanting to find the blame wanting to find the thing that they could have done differently yeah that would have made this not happen yeah um which which is i i'm not gonna get into my personal experience of suicide because of people i don't want to talk about other people's experiences but um I, i have lost a family member to suicide in my extended family and like thinking about that that experience yeah. and uh and yeah everybody wants to figure out how they're to blame mm-hmm. which is something that you see with lee and her father as well yeah well and it's um, and it's so clear with lee and her father that they lee her mother and her father did everything yes everything that they possibly could mm-hmm. they they took advantage of all of the resources yeah um and you know like with any terminal illness mm-hmm sometimes you evade death long enough and sometimes and you sometimes don't. sometimes you don't, yeah. Yeah, and I, I really... It's one of the things that I really loved about this novel is I feel like, not set up exactly, but it like you were saying, you're, you're like looking for the reason. And I think I really like that they don't blame Lee's father. Yeah. Because I feel like it's set up in that way a little bit and i think maybe it is like she like lee lee maybe thinks that although doesn't articulate it yeah and i really like that it makes space for like yes maybe all of us could have done things differently but it wasn't any of our faults yeah well lee Lee Um, has that feeling of like her father travels a lot for work mm -hmm. and he did not always he had a career change midlife and Mm -hmm. and um started traveling a lot for work and I think again like like it's all very subtle mm-hmm. but Lee does go through a phase of thinking you know maybe if he hadn't been away as much he could yeah. have she goes through a phase of blaming herself for, yeah. because she was out of the house mm-hmm. um, when her mother uh, um, died mm-hmm. she goes through a phase of blaming her father because he was out of the house you yeah know? And at the end of the book, she and her father actually talk about it. And yeah. that's so beautiful because I think they actually get to address, you know, she says, yes, was it worse because you were going away all the time? Mm-hmm. And and he says, you know, no, like I, I wondered that too. But honestly, when mm-hmm. I was away, I felt as though it was sometimes I felt like it was better for me not to be there mm-hmm. or like, you know, it's just so clear that everyone was doing everything, doing they, everything could. they could. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I love I love the scenes with Lee and her father at the end of the yeah. at the end of this book. Yeah. The um, other thing just like going on Lee and her father. Um I love the tension between Lee and her father around her art. Mm-hmm. Because yes. her father her father was a musician. Yeah. And then quit being a musician and you know mm-hmm. got another career and yeah. I appreciate that her father got another career which is not a practical career. Yeah, he's like a he's a sinologist he's an a, academic yeah. yeah east um east asian studies academic mm-hmm. and he's telling her constantly you know art is not a career art is not practical go into something practical what about mm-hmm. the sciences yeah. um which like <laughs> 
was my father also. Yeah. <laughs> like, go into something practical. I'd be like, oh, like, your very practical linguistics degree. Okay. <laughs> um, you're very yeah. practical leaving linguistics to become a pastor. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, but, yeah. but it's so clear through the storytelling that he is mm. immensely proud of her art yes yeah it's and beautiful it's just it's it's so lovely to see that balance between the anxiety of like i want mm-hmm. my daughter to be like to not have a good. hard life yeah. yeah and also like my daughter is clearly extraordinarily talented yes. and i want everybody to know that and understand that yeah yeah it's just it's beautiful and it's it's just I love how there's there's clearly been a rift between the two of them for ages and they and they start to repair that at the end yeah. of the novel and it's just really beautiful. Yeah. Um and her her mother's death is a turning point for them. And mm-hmm. the really remarkable thing I think is that it's very clear that it could turn either way. Yes. And this this intercession by her mother's ghost is um, yeah. turns it in the positive direction mm-hmm. um and yeah. i do think overall you know this book has we haven't even talked about axel yet no um, no we like axel we need to talk about axel but this book is is so uh clearly a book about lee's relationship with her father yes which is beautiful because it's also explicitly a book about her relationship with her mother yes um <laughs> Um, yeah, well, it's, it's, it's really a book about her relationship with all the people who are important in her life and like about family in all of its different forms. <coughs> it also, it also reminds me of sort of another, something from another book about, um, I'm trying to figure out how to say this, but it's, it's this beautiful idea of before her mother is like truly, truly gone She's, like, setting Lee up with the things that she will need to yes. live a happy life. Yes. Um, and it's really beautiful. Yeah. Which is something that we see in terminal illness narratives. Yes. But we don't often see... In ghost stories. In ghost stories and also in, in stories around um, depression being a terminal illness. True, yeah. You really like, don't. The narrative around suicide is usually... None of us expected this, and it came out of nowhere. Yeah, and um, it's it's refreshing to see mm-hmm. it as, you know, she knew this was a possibility and was preparing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, let's talk about Axel yeah. though. Let's talk I, about I do Axel. Talk we about do Axel. really like Axel. Yeah, we, we are. So Axel is um, Axel is Lee's best friend, uh, and has been for a long time. And so throughout the book, you kind of get more and more snippets of their friendship and yeah. the ways in which it's been complicated in the last few years and all but you also just see like this like tenderness yeah in their friendship yeah um, the book starts off with them yes. kissing yes for the first time um which is also the day that lee's mother dies yeah um and then uh it's just one of the storylines that's woven in is mm-hmm. the story of her relationship with axel and yes that that friendship and the love and mm-hmm. they had a bit of a falling out and it's the story of that and yes. um yep. it's i think i mean what i said last night when we were talking mm-hmm. about it is for me 
this is one of the first YA books that I've read and been like, oh, these two could make it. Yes. Like, usually I read YA fiction and I'm like, yeah, they're going to have a good year. They're going to, yeah, they're going to have a good year too. And then, you know, it's a high school relationship that's going to run its course. But yeah, Yeah. no, this, yeah, it's just very, it's very beautiful. Um, Well, you just get, like, she does such a good job of writing, like, the care yeah. That they have for each other. Yeah. This book writes love very well. Yes. Yeah. Just in general. Yeah. Writes love very well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like love and family and mm-hmm. yeah. One of the things I really like is that uh, uh, Lee and Axel have a no bullshit rule. Yes. <laughs> and um, she identifies the, the sort of fraying of their friendship as being mm-hmm. um, her violating the no bullshit rule. Yes. And uh, I find that works so well with the rest of the story being about yeah. um, how we conceal things and how it, it really hurts us yeah. um, to, to conceal or to repress. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and also, I think, is, is fundamentally one of the reasons that I, I believe mm-hmm. in their relationship. Yes. Because <laughs> it's down to like... You know, she'll piss him off and he'll be like, okay, I'm mad at you. Let's have lunch. I made your favorite sandwich. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, no, yeah, that's exactly it. Um, The other thing I found really tender, and it's never never explicitly stated whether he also has synesthesia or just kind of, like, really understands her. I, I interpreted it more as the latter. Like, he just really understands how color works for her because they have this this really sweet and lovely um, thing where they will ask each other like what color they're feeling. Yeah. Yeah, I wondered about him and synesthesia because he also does sketches for music. He does. Yeah, so maybe... Okay, yeah. So Um, maybe he also has synesthesia. I wonder if if they have different forms of synesthesia. Yeah. But again, like, you don't know. You don't know. (laughs) Um, Um, But I I found that detail really really lovely um yeah yeah did you also love the like using artist names for colors through this book yeah I loved that I loved that Uh, Hannah and I both have um visual arts backgrounds yes she has more of one than I do um well you actually Um, have formal training (laughs) that's that's fair but Um, we we actually met in an art class we did we met in an art class um that is where this whole beautiful friendship started um and i loved like when she says her father actual like artist pigment names when she said her father's mood is Payne's gray i got so excited because Payne's gray is one of my favorite um i uh, when i'm doing printmaking it's one of my favorite inks to work with Mm -hmm. and it was just very exciting yes i I, that that (laughs) moment was funny i was like oh pain's gray but then it was like describing a negative thing and i love pain's gray so much well she but Um, she was describing a mood a mood yeah and it was like a a mood of sort of an oppressive grief and i get that with pain's gray yeah it's sort of a stormy it is yeah yeah. i feel like more of a blue it is. I often like will mix Payne's gray with uh, with white to make like a really beautiful Ooh. like pale bluey gray, which is what I associate with Payne's gray. I have never done that because um, I you print with it, I paint with it exactly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> anyways, yeah, I did love just like the all of the like lush art details yeah. in uh, in this book are just beautiful. I also. This is another another Lee and Axel thing. Um, 
that this was a point where I was like, no, you're interpreting this wrongly. Um, cause there's, there's a point where she's talking to Axel about art. Um, and he's talking about how like art is the most important thing for you. Music is the most important thing for me. Like art is something that I do to help with the music. Mm-hmm. Um, and Lee is like really upset by that because mm-hmm. she's like, I thought that this was something that we shared. Um, and like, but it's like not, and she feels like this rift, whereas I'm like, no, like, I think that it's important to him because it's important to you. Yeah. Like. Yeah. Well, and it is still part of his it's, process. It's definitely still part of his process, but you yeah. get the idea that like he engages with it more because it's a way to connect with her. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's like, no, you're not seeing that. And I mean, he ends up doing this very cool um, yes. multimedia project because of it. Mm-hmm. So, yes. Yeah. And Axel has his own experience of grief and of loss. Yes. Um, his mother left his family at mm-hmm. some point. And uh, because of that, he ends up being able to be there for her. Yes. You know, and one of the things I really loved is that. She she goes off to Taiwan kind of spontaneously. She doesn't mm-hmm. tell Axel. Yeah. She doesn't really tell anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, and when she gets back, she's been assuming that he's mad at her. Yeah. But she's also been getting these kind of cryptic emails from yeah. him that she can't really figure out. Mm-hmm. They seem very strange. Yeah. yeah. And when she gets back and she's, he's in their house and she's like, yes. what are you doing in our house? And she's like, who did he's like, of course I knew you went to Taiwan. Who did I've you think was going, cat. Yeah, who did you think was going to take care of your cat? Like, <laughs> yeah, um, it hasn't been this big mystery. And like, yeah, yeah, of course you haven't really been in touch. You are like in a serious, intense place. And mm-hmm. I am. No, I'm not mad at you. Yeah. And like, it's just really like. Yes. Yeah. That's right. That's how that should be. Yes. Like, yeah. Yeah. He's yeah. he behaves well. Yes, he does. Well, and he also he not not to the extent that Lee does, but when after his mother left, Lee's mom became kind of like a mother figure yeah. for him. Yeah. Uh so he's also sharing that grief, yeah. which I think that she well, and she was best friends with his aunt who kind of stepped in yes. uh, to his family to, to fill that mm-hmm. that need. Um, mm-hmm. Their families are very, very close. Yes. Yeah. And yeah, and, and he's, I did, I loved that he would keep telling her about conversations he had with her mom. Yeah. Um, that yeah. he clearly has a relationship with her parents mm-hmm. um, apart from her. Yeah. It's just like. It's a very beautiful book. Yeah. And it's like, um, everything's just good like the relationships are good the kids are good it's not mm-hmm. like intense stereotyping no uh we didn't even get to talk about her oh. um her gay best friend who's lovely yes who i love <laughs> and like um. you know has has a wonderful fa- like just yeah. everybody has good families everybody has mm-hmm. good friends like yeah the relationships are all really healthy yeah or um, if they're not healthy at the beginning of the book they get sorted out yeah Nothing's like tragically broken forever. Yes. Um, um, which, it's, sorry. It's not over dramatic, I think is the thing. Yeah. Which is surprising in a book that is like really does have quite a lot of drama. Yes. Um, there's, there's a lot of really vivid imagery. There's mm-hmm. a lot of really intense feeling. Yeah. Uh, but the storyline it, itself, it's ordinary life. Yeah. And grieving is, in fact, a part of ordinary life. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, 
Yeah, well, that's just really briefly. That's one of the other things I think that the book does really well is gives Lee space to feel multiple things at the same time. Um, Like, I think it it shows how like grief doesn't stop your life. Yeah. Like, I think a lot of a lot of grief narratives talk about that. Whereas this this book does a really good job of showing that, like, yes, this is what Lee is feeling right now, but she's also thinking about Axel and she's also like there's lots of different like she she has complexities yeah and multitudes yeah Yeah. Yeah. and it gives a lot of space for that Mm -hmm. so we've been talking about the astonishing color of after by Emily XR Pan Mm -hmm. there is uh there's so much more yeah to say about it it's very much worth reading highly highly recommend and it's just exciting because it's something new yeah yeah it's something Um, very different in the genre and just very beautiful and Mm -hmm. yeah you should read Mm -hmm. it um if you are uh, an adult who does not read a lot of YA um it's a good good entry point yeah yeah because like we said like it does read um like an adult novel often in Mm -hmm. many ways and yeah uh, and it's just very beautiful and I really recommend it to like everybody (laughs) yeah absolutely Oh, hi. Do you ever wonder if picking your own name for Secret Santa and then buying yourself a gift makes you a sociopath? Or if everything is everything, then how much of everything is there? Or what exactly a Moguana is? Well, <laughs> that one's just a way of saying more iguana. Or maybe you wonder what the death of a friendship over the course of 50 episodes sounds like. Whatever your questions, you can find the answers and also more questions on Lasers on the Ride podcast. Now a member of the Upford Network. Available wherever you usually get your podcast. On September 19, 1993, NBC aired the first ever episode of Frasier, a spin-off series about psychiatrist Dr. Frasier Crane, the much-loved Seattle shrink from Cheers. Ten days earlier, a baby was born. A baby who, we'd come to learn, was destined to drop out of college and launch his own podcast network. That baby is me, Tom Zalatni, and this is a terrible, terrible idea. Tune in to They're Calling Again, right here on the Upford Network. So next week, uh, for a for a complete change of pace, um, <laughs> yes. we're going to be doing an episode that we're really excited it's about. It's going to be uh, so fun. So we got a lot of feedback on our dystopian smackdown episode. Uh, mm-hmm. Shout out to Matt Dever, who assigned that to us. Yes. Uh, people really liked it. And mm-hmm. um, so we're going to do another smackdown episode next week. Yes, we are. We're going to be doing, um, I think we're going to call it like the ultimate princess smackdown. Yes. <laughs> between Princess Diaries mm-hmm. by Megan Cabot and um, Ella Enchanted by Gail Carson Levine. Yeah. Uh, so read your princess books. They're yes. both really quick reads. You can uh, watch the movies if you want. I've never seen Ella Enchanted, but Anne Hathaway is in both of them. Yeah, Anne Hathaway <laughs> plays the title character in both movies, which is great and hilarious. <sighs> Anne Hathaway can play the title character of any movie, as far as I'm concerned. I mean, true. Well, maybe not any movie, <laughs> but you know what I mean. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> so yeah, get ready for that next week. We're going to have a princess smackdown. It's going to be super fun. Yeah. Yeah, we're very excited about it. We felt like mm-hmm. we've done a lot of real heavy books. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, Everybody just needs something a little, uh, a little, a little lighter. lighter, a little fun. Because Ella Enchanted, nobody dies in that. <laughs> Actually, I haven't read Ella Enchanted in so long. Her mother dies. Right. Yes. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. Anyway. Yeah. 
it's a fairy tale. Thanks for listening to Yeah! If you want to leave feedback, suggest a book for us to read, or just say hi, send us an email at theyapodcast at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter at yapodcast and individually at tefferbear and at thebalesosaurus. If you like the show and want to help us make it even better, consider supporting us on Patreon. Patreon has an awesome bonus where for the first month they'll give us an extra 50% on top of whatever you donate. We've got, I think, another week or two week of that. Yeah, a week or two. Um, so get on that because uh, mm-hmm. your pledges will go a lot further. Yes. Um, if you can pledge any amount starting at $1 a month, uh, mm-hmm. we really, really appreciate that. Yeah. You can get all kinds of great perks, including early access to bonus content, shout-outs, guest appearances, and more. Head to patreon.com slash yapodcast to donate. You can also support us for free by leaving a rating and review on Stitcher or Apple Podcasts or by sharing this episode with a friend. Special thanks to Great Bear for letting us use their song Jenny's Groove as our theme music. You can find their music for sale at greatbearmusic.bandcamp.com. This episode was produced and edited by Tom Zalatni as part of the Upward Network. You can find out about all our great shows at upwardnetwork.com. 